the great hall of the Justice League, there are assembled the world's four greatest heroes, created from the cosmic legends of the universe. Hey, and welcome back to Geeks and Hair to the Earth. I'm JC. I'm CK. I'm Mike D. And joining us in the studio, uh, we got a very special guest. Mm -hmm. We have the owner of Comics Exchange and uh, proprietor of Comics Exchange, or the the guru of Comics Exchange. The king. Uh, All of them are correct. All (laughs) are correct. Please (laughs) welcome to the show uh, the the guy I'm convinced is the happiest man alive, Mr. Bill Langford. How you doing? Hey, thank you. Hey, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. To have you in here. Glad to be here. How come every time I hear the word proprietor, I think of my good sir, I'm a proprietor of goods. Like, I mean, like, <laughs> I didn't before, but that's all I will now. So I, thanks I, for putting that. I hear Daniel Craig brain. from Knives Out. Proprietor is the word I use when I want to impress people. <laughs> so, so otherwise, if it's just around my friends, I'll say I work at a comic book store. If it's around my mom, I'm a proprietor, <laughs> small business owner. So, so if the TV cameras are on, like, I'm a proprietor. Correct. <laughs> and now it's cool to own a comic book store well i'm not gonna go that far <laughs> it's definitely different than it was 20 years ago when i started it was uh back then you didn't have the movies and the tv shows right so the whole environment was different the landscape was different um you had some video games uh, a couple cool rock songs uh and then uh, i guess blade hit in the 90s and that changed everything for it us. really did Oh man, that's a, that's something that doesn't get the fucking credit it deserves. That's true. Blade. Blade doesn't get talked about, not in that way. No, I remember when Black Panther came out and everybody was talking about, oh, the first African American superhero film, uh, and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> so here's this trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> not just one movie you missed, but there were three. One of them even has your beloved Ryan Reynolds, you Deadpool loving motherfucker, <laughs> and, he's, and he's the best part of the third movie. Uh, he's the I think the only good yeah, part of the third. He is. Did you, have you did you ever see the weird alternate ending to that where the werewolf they went to hunt down the werewolf no. I think it was, it was like a girl that turned into a werewolf they were gonna I guess lean into maybe either Jack Russell or Mark Spector I don't know but hmm. weird awful 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 ending oh, it was no. terrible no it was um, it was definitely a different time back then but now it's uh, it's all different I was um, matter of fact when I was leaving I think it was Guardians of the Galaxy uh, I was by myself cause I have to see most of these movies by myself because I have two young daughters and they're not interested in superhero films <laughs> <laughs> so I was leaving the film, and uh, two ladies behind me, college age, maybe a little older, and the one's like, uh, "Hey, who was the who was the purple guy at the end of the credits? You know, with the the armor and the." Wow. And I remember <laughs> thinking, "Wow!" And back when I was a kid, I had dreams about this. <laughs> I would have scenarios in my head that would play out. That you know, I'd meet a girl at the Denny's or at the IHOP, and she wouldn't want to know who all about the X Men. <laughs> it was my chance, but I was twenty years too early. I have literally met girls at the Denny's and talked to them all about the X-Men. See, so. this is the, the age we live in now. <laughs> I remember uh, back in that period, too, before it broke and all these characters were such a household name, you're, you're part of like an inclusive club almost, you know, of people that, that knew these stories. And you, you had these universes running through your mind. You'd go to school the next day. No one else has all this going through their head. But you, And now everyone is seeing all these stories like Infinity Wars. Like, hey, I had that in my head. And like when I was in early, like a freshman in high school, the whole thing. And now just seeing everyone else be able to experience it and not think it's corny and cheesy. It's really cool. It reminds me of the uh, like okay if you go back to when like when we were young the people that hung out in the comic book shop like because like it's more of a social experience than it is say like you know going to walmart or something like sure, you don't sure. fucking hang out with the cashier at walmart <laughs> yeah i've been friends with bill for like speak 10 for yourself years. jc <laughs> <laughs> the, the clint highway is my favorite <laughs> don't tell me how to live my life Teresa and aisle six is fantastic <laughs> <laughs> But like, uh, the, we would sit there like uh, the comic book shop I went to when I was a kid just turned 35 this week uh, Mountain Empire Comic in Bristol it's, yes. uh, Rob's still Great fucking store. running it 
it's like a fourth location now, I think. I but think I mean, so. he's he's still kicking it, man. And like we would go in there and just hang out because we didn't know people like in our school that collected comics. Sure, sure. But after we saw you in the store, like you just brotherhood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you'd be go, you'd be sitting. I've been sitting having lunch by myself for the last two weeks, and now three guys sitting beside me. Like, so dude, what do you think about Jim Lee's art? I'm like, I, I, yeah. It's almost like when you have the uh, that that band that hasn't hit that you and only your friends like, oh, right. and all of a yeah. sudden you're like, oh wait a minute, you, you, you've heard of Love and Rockets? Oh, oh my no. god! Yeah. And cool. then all of a sudden you speak the same language as that person. So with comics, it was like that a lot growing up. You know, you'd have the kid at the on the bus that you would ride to school with, and and he knew who the Fantastic Four was, or at least three out of four, and that was enough. <laughs> and, uh, and then you get to school, and you'd be like, hey, uh, hey, Tom, you gonna read Fantastic Four? I don't read comics. That stuff's for 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 lameos and, and you know nerds, babies. And you're like, wait a minute, we were just on the bus talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> and now because we're in school, you're not going to fess up that you read the Fantastic Four. Oh, how dare you, Tommy? Yes. How dare you? Fuck you, Tommy. You throw yes. me to the wolves, Tommy. <laughs> Absolutely, you bastard. But now it's uh, now it's completely different. If you would have told uh, teenage me that my ten year old's response for when something can't be explained was is taken from the Flash especially from the CW show specifically. <laughs> Every time something happens that she doesn't have an answer for, doesn't understand, she goes, Speed Force! It's the Speed Force! It's the Speed Force in the multiverse. That's what it is, Dad. It's the Speed Force. Holy shit! Nobody... Yeah. I, you could not have prepared me. If you would have told me that I, when I left Endgame, I would be with my date arguing about the specific armor on one person in one scene and if it was from the <laughs> 90s or a current run I would have told you don't drink the fucking bong water <laughs> but it's like I, I saw um, or no around, I was around my 8 year old godson the other day the one that I saw Sonic with and um I was like, I was doing some Tai Chi stuff or something, showing him something, and he was like, Whoa. is that like Doctor Strange? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, yeah, but you gotta do this first. And he banged his wrists together, and I was like, oh my god, you know how to use a sling ring? And you're eight. I was like, thank you. I live in a world where a kid knows how to, like, no, you're doing it wrong. You gotta bang them together first to use the sling ring. And I was like, this is great. No, my daughter does the Wakandan peace sign to any, uh, any person of color she comes across now. I have to explain to her, you know, that we only, uh, we only use it during appropriate times. <laughs> but for right after we saw Black Panther for about six months, anytime we came across somebody that was African American, it was the uh, the Wakandan peace sign. That's awesome. Uh, Jamie, she's not here, but uh, she has a great story about seeing it in Avengers: Infinity War when everybody got snapped. Oh, sorry if I spoiled that for anybody. Uh, <laughs> they got snapped? <laughs> if you're listening to this show and you didn't know that, you're in a car with a friend that's a geek and we're not sorry. All right. spoiled. He's giggling at you. Yeah. But uh, she, uh, the movie's over. She went to the bathroom and as she's in the bathroom, there's a girl uh, next to another stall and she's bawling her eyes out and another girl knocks on the stall and she's like, are you okay? And she goes, did all those people really die? <laughs> so just seeing it affect just average people like that is amazing. I, the, the weirdest one for me was when my daughter saw uh, Infinity War. She kept referring to the Infinity Gauntlet as the Infinity Mitten. <laughs> and I thought that was just the shit. That's so adorable. But uh, she, she's watching it, and she's like, okay, so if he gets all of the, the glitter in the Infinity Mitten, and he snaps his fingers, half of like everything goes away? I'm like, yes, honey. She's like, I'm okay with that. I mean, like that's half the people on the bus gone. That's half the people from daycare. I don't like that many people. I was like, I was like, daughter. She said, well, dad, aren't you like, don't you? I was like, well, what's wrong? She said, 
you need a job there'd be half the people applying for the job I was, Ooh. I was like, you little accurate motherfucker <laughs> that reminds me of the listen here you little shit meme yeah like I, a part of you wants to yell but i've been on three job interviews that week and i'm like ah you're so right <laughs> the only thing i could say was well honey there'd be half the customers so we'd get half the money She's like, ah, I don't have money. <laughs> like, the kids are understanding Thanos and, and the agenda, and nobody fucking saw that coming. Let's be real. Like, even when you walked out of Iron Man, you're like, okay, maybe 15 more people will admit to me that Robert Downey Jr. is the shit. And, like, that was, like, the top of my expectations. He's not just the Chaplin guy. Oh. Which is an amazing movie. But, so anyway, yeah, the movies, and I, I guess in the 90s we saw the the first big thing happened when the X-Men TV series came out at the same time as those comics were being marketed oh, by yeah. Lee. And that kind of... Then you had the boom. The boom. The right. big one. <laughs> so the early 90s, yes, you had a huge, a huge boom in comic books, mostly from two new companies, Image and Valiant. Hmm. Um, Image was the uh, most of the Marvel super artists at the time. Uh, Jim Lee, Rob Liefeld, Todd McFarlane. And they went off and formed their own company. Um, but you had a lot of comic book stores pop up right around then because comics were selling. I think print runs were in the millions for some of those books. Millions. Well, X Men One did what? I want to um, say nine. Is that too much? I thought it was ten. Well, I, I want to say it had five different covers. If y'all remember oh, yeah. correctly, the yeah, gatefold yeah. and yeah. And I think between all five covers, it was around five or six million copies. Yeah, that's Whoa. insane. Yeah. People just lining up at the stores to buy them. I remember in multiples. You know, five, oh, yeah. ten copies. But then after the boom, of course, you have the inevitable fall. And that's mm-hmm. when I decided to open the store, which was fantastic. <laughs> you know, was, uh, I didn't take any business classes. Let me, preface, let me preface this by telling all the listeners out there, don't follow any of this business advice I'm about to give you. <laughs> um, so we opened up a store, and it was me and a, a friend of mine named John Tipton, who, caveat right here, is now the managing editor for IDW Comic Books. Holy shit. Wow. Correct. So wow. I love IDW. So IDW much. has a lot of licensed products. They do Star Trek. They do um, GI Joe Tony, forever. GI still do GI Joe. Larry Hammer uh, Transformers. Um, the new Ninja Turtles. Oh yeah, Transformers, it's like Boom and IDW doing yes, that crossover, crossing yeah. over with uh, Turtles and yeah. Power Rangers. Their awesome. Turtle stuff has been exceptional. Yeah, yeah. The last hundred issues of Turtles is the best Turtles has been done, and I, I'm a huge fan of the Eastman Lair, the original Turtles. Mm. Uh, again, not for kids if you've read those. Mm-hmm. They're different. <laughs> um, different from the uh, the Archie Turtles or the cartoon Turtles. But yeah, so fast forward, we opened up a store and um, we survived the lean years, and then uh, now we're back to the the gravy days again. I remember coming back to comics around, uh, let's see, it was Lock and Key. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just read, somebody had given me, at that point I was caught up to Obsidian Age, which was DC's at the time, which they decanonized, I do believe. It was the JLA arc where they all got sent back in time and Plastic Man like oh yeah they left had to leave him there because he exploded but then clark like at the end came back and collected him off the bottom of the ocean and put him back together because it's plastic man (laughs) but and then lock and key was my big lead back in i believe that was around that time when i really started reading hard and of course that's infinite crisis and identity crisis Mm -hmm. and all that um so that was when things started right before the movie boom started back up with uh in 2008 with i guess iron man but yeah, the, so you started up around that time. So we started well ninety nine. Ninety nine. Yeah. yeah, but um, Obsidian Age I think was ninety nine, maybe. But it was a, uh, 
you know, it, it didn't take off right at the beginning. It was slow for about the first year, but back then you didn't have Facebook or any form of advertising. Mm-hmm. So our advertising was a few flyers posted around uh, the campus, University of Tennessee campus. Um, but now it's a completely different world with Facebook, and you can advertise before you even open your store. Mm. So, but by about 2000, 2001, you know, things were rolling, and uh, we were doing pretty well. And then John moved to San Diego to take a job with the Tribune, San Diego Tribune out there, huh. um, which IDW, IDW happened to open their headquarters right down the road from the Tribune. So <laughs> it was kismet. Yeah, um, totally. That's fucking crazy. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah, he just walked in, and he saw that the newspaper industry was struggling. And so he decided, hey, I better jump ship before this ship Titanic's. <laughs> to comic books of all things. <laughs> to comics, yeah. yes. And uh, that's a that's a that's a risky jump at that time, though. I mean, glad it paid off. Yes. Um, and then uh, and then so I, I took over the store full time, and um, you know, eighteen years later, we're uh, we're happy and healthy, and we have some some fantastic customers and some loyal friends and. Out of every job I've ever owned, uh, or I'm sorry, every job every I've ever job had, <laughs> you know, I am a proprietor. So, <laughs> um, See, here's the thing: I'm a proprietor. <laughs> sorry, I can't so, help it. God damn it! <laughs> this is this is the only one that I've never dreaded going into at the beginning of the day. That's awesome. Yeah, I love I love coming to that shop. I don't feel like I'm going into a store or stopping in to buy something. I really feel like. It's like an extension of my home or my house or something. I really just love stopping by and hearing the conversations and the camaraderie in there. And it's just, it's a great store. It so is. So many beautiful things in there. I love it. I mean, the last time, the last time that I was able to come in, mm. there you were. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, so I was like, there's Mike. That's it's crazy. A, uh, it's a lot like Cheers, but without all the alcohol, <laughs> a few more comics. But everybody knows everyone's name for the most part. And uh, everybody gets along. And, um, you know, it's a great place to uh, hang out and talk about comics and pop culture. I've uh, really been enjoying your exclusive coverage you've gotten. That, it makes it just feel that little bit of extra something special. It really does, man. Uh, Mark Brooks, particularly, man, you, you've gotten some fantastic uh, covers for sure. No, we've been very, very lucky to work with some phenomenal artists over the years, and and Mark's great. Adam Hughes is fantastic. Uh, Addie Granoff. Oh yeah. Um, there's several, but yeah, it's absolutely we're we're happy to do it, and it's the way we look at it. it, it it's kind of a way to pay back the fans and pay back our customers and mm-hmm. our, um, you know, by giving them something exclusive that they can't get any other place and. Um, and people love variant comics. That's one thing I've learned over oh. the years. You know, if you hollow foil something, if you die cut it, if you... Uh, I don't you, know why I want them, but I do. It's, it's so shiny. It, it's like, it, okay, I've, I've done the math in this in my head. I'm like, logically, is this going into a long box that's not going to be opened until I'm dead? <laughs> uh, or, or unless I'm digging for it to show somebody. But I want it. Like, I have to... Like, I show it to everybody as soon as I have it, and then... Poof, Oh, it's insane. Ether, it's gone. It's insane. It's, it's, it's like crack, man. It's like, I must have it. Well, remember the other day that I was sending you guys the stuff about Wolverine 1. I was like, I need to get Wolverine variants. I was like, yeah. And then you were like, ha ha. And I was like, what? And I got online and I was looking at prices of like the Jim Lee one and stuff. And I was like, $150? I thought that was a joke at first until I actually got on eBay. I was like, oh my fucking God, that's $150. Like, that's, that's the other thing that's changed. When I was a kid, comic fans had no money. We were all broke. Mm. And uh, so it blows my mind now when someone comes in the store and buys a thousand dollar statue or you know clay I'm, if you're listening <laughs> but uh but uh, don't get me wrong I, I appreciate it but it, it does it's, it's mind-boggling now that people are willing to spend uh, that kind of money on you know, not just the comics but the uh the ephemera that goes with it you know the the merchandise and the the toys and oh, the toys. some of the fucking yeah. toys like for for our listeners to set the stage here like if you turn around from the counter 
Uh, there's a table there with some of the coolest fucking toys I've ever seen in my life. I've seen shit on that counter that I, I've never seen online, and I'm one of those people that sits there and, well, I hang out with these guys for fuck's sake. You, know? like, <laughs> you can hear it from us. Yeah, yeah like we're, we're seeing coverage for this shit all day, and I walk into your shop and like, what the fuck? I don't know why I need, I need it. Like the, the, the toys are what get me anymore. Like Some of the shit in there... And I look at the price tag. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. My daughter's going to need braces one day. I can't afford it. And then I'll, I'll randomly see somebody walking out and holding it. That person's, if anytime I see that, that person's face is now burned into my brain. Like every time I see it. So how's your Thanos statue? Do you have pictures of you posing with it? Maybe your dog beside it? Can I just see the fucking toy? <laughs> and not just that. You have statues now that are two pieces that are almost four feet tall. Yeah. Like three feet tall at least. I have some statues that come in two boxes. It's that they, they can't even ship it in one what big box. The they have to sh- yeah. One thing I've noticed too with some of those amazing statues at the shop, uh, they, they come with like modular heads or arm parts you can switch out and you can reconfigure it a little differently. Not like an action figure, but just small parts of it. Yeah. Right. So this isn't superpowers like when we were kids or even, mm, you know, the, yeah. the 12 back Star Wars or Joe's or, I mean, the stuff they have now, you can change hands. There's, there's weapons there's pieces there's parts um if you don't like Psylocke's face you can just change the head and there's comes with two different heads or if you don't like this wolverine with a the mask there's an unmasked wolverine head that you can well, it's like the hot toy stuff some yes. of that stuff is just like this is a 300 dollars action figure and, yes. and it but it looks like bucky barnes yes. and he has a rusted arm and a regular arm and a coat and this, cloth clothing this shows how spoiled we've became though because even with all of these options there's still some motherfucker going i'm gonna wait for the next print i just want a slightly different colored armor i, have, I want the civil war one i have two or yeah. three customers who they'll get a piece and they'll be oh i love it i'm 98 percent happy with it I just don't like Rogue's eyebrows. And they'll go in, <laughs> and they'll go in, and they'll take a, some touch-up paint, yep. and uh, mm. and they'll touch up the eyebrows, or or better yet, they'll send it off to someone who would pay, who they'll pay them to do that for oh them. My God. Mike Customizers. is grinning because he's one of those people. That <laughs> I fix things too, and I so I, I get it. You know, you want you have a certain vision in your mind of how you want Wolverine to look like, and if this is ninety-five percent of it, and it's only five percent off, and you can change that five percent to get it a hundred percent, I get it. I understand. I think it's cool, but there is this part of me that laughs because all I can think of is the beginning of the 40-year-old virgin where he's sitting there detailing the figure going, I'm going to make your pants blue. <laughs> <laughs> that's me with Warhammer. Really? That's, yeah, that's yeah. me going, mm, I'm going to make these space marines purple. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a great hobby, and then the people that – I'm envious of the people who are talented enough to do that. I'm not artistic in the least, so uh, you know, mine, I, I destroy my figures. Well, at least I used to. But uh, but now I have a lot cooler ones because um, I'm making up for deprived childhood. <laughs> I think we're all in that boat a little mm, bit. Yeah, <laughs> speaking of uh, speaking of childhood, long before you opened the doors of the Comics Exchange, when you were a wee lad coming up, what uh, what were you into? What was your favorite stuff? So as a kid, it was uh, comic books and baseball cards were my two things, and I had some uh, I had some Hot Wheels and a few toys, but. My toys were always the knockoff toys. So, for instance, you know, Mike probably had the Transformers. I had GoBots. Uh-huh. You know, JC probably had GI Joes. I had Army Pete's. <laughs> you know, so I would get the uh, the slightly modded knockoffs that my mom could afford. Mega blocks. Um, I think I may have had some Mega blocks. <laughs> were those the knockoff Legos? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I totally had a Mega. I'm pretty in my sure house. I had some knockoff Lincoln logs too. Uh, Just logs. Sticks. <laughs> Abraham sticks. Whittle sticks. <laughs> but uh, but I'm so Abraham envious sticks. of the kids today because they uh, they have all the cool toys and um, you know to grow up in today's world where you have on demand cartoons and 
hot toys that look like you know Sebastian Stan, and uh, it's mind blowing. It's really crazy. Uh, Try to explain to the younger generations what broadcast television means. I dare you. It it really was so different. You just mentioned the on demand stuff. Uh, The anticipation of having to get home from school and like, which episode of Jaja is it today? Getting up on Saturday morning, you know. 7 a.m., bam, who cares? Like, we got to get these cartoons going. And now it's just whatever you want, whenever you want. But they, there's like a desaturation to it, though. I miss the days, especially Batman the Animated Series, because like you knew, even like when you were watching it as a kid, you knew that this show is going to get taken off the air. Like, this is too fucking good, and it's it's not for kids. And so you put too much money into it. Yeah, so you'd go home, and it'd be like part one of two, and you'd be like, fuck, i got to get home tonight. They might cancel this shit by tomorrow. <laughs> You're running from the bus stop home. Like, oh fuck! I missed the opening credits. Is this part two? Like <laughs> back then, if you missed an episode, you you just thought you were out of luck. Yeah, you yeah. were shit out of luck. If you missed Knight Rider or if you missed an episode of Transformers, you're like, well, sorry, I've never seen that episode in my life <laughs> because you didn't have the crystal ball to understand there's going to be uh, DVDs and there's going right, to be streaming services, right. and so there was a lot more of a, a, a demand for you to get home and make sure that you were in front of your television Friday nights at seven o'clock if you were going to watch eighteen. Otherwise, you had to wait till summer and hope that the TV guide would tell you yeah. when it was going to replay at like three in the morning on channel 26 you yeah. know and well, so you could find that well for comic books it was it was similar if you didn't have an area with a shop like I know I've talked to you before about like you know having to go places to find like newsstands and everything to get issues for me it was uh, grocery stores and mm-hmm. drug stores before we discovered the little comic shop in our area because again in those days no promotion no ability we were driving down downtown and mom was like oh fuck that's a comic book shop now we know where to go to get those yep. but like okay take uh uh, the, the, the like the early like, well, early shit uh, it takes like the the eighty nine to ninety Spider Man runs how all of the runs were like five to six issues you'd be like okay I got part one and then you have to go to another grocery store like that's part four mm-hmm. and, and like the idea of like a trade or a shop with back issues was fucking foreign concept yeah. no and back- now it's like there's a trade of everything. <laughs> when I was a kid, if I was missing part three of um, Crisis on Infant Nurse, I had to find a friend of mine that had part three. And yeah. I had to trade with him, and I'd have to trade like a baseball mitt. Or, <laughs> Cause I didn't have money, so my stuff was my currency. The stuff I owned was my currency. Barter. So, yeah. Bartering, yeah, the bartering <laughs> barter system. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right, and you, you had no idea. Like Sometimes it would take you a year to find an issue of a comic you were missing. I remember uh, Woodson's Mall had comics, and that was the only place that because I grew up in Campbell County in Carryville and La Follette. And then we found I found out that Clinton Cards Comics and Collectibles was open. And yep. That's such an old school shop, and really I, I, don't, I don't know if it's still open or not. I, I haven't is. been down there for a minute. Is it really? Yeah. I haven't wow. been down there like all year, yeah. so I was wondering if it was still open. But it was it's, it was opened up a year ago, well yeah. last summer. So huh. um, I remember man, the it's smell amazing. going in there. He's got some crazy back issue size up there that he'll never even get to. That up in that attic space that he, he'll probably never touch he's been there 30 years i want to uh, say yeah i think so uh, not to shill comics exchange but uh if i can i've got a lot of road comic friends and almost all of them read comic books but you know when you're traveling you miss a lot of issues sure and i, I know people that have comics exchange saved in their gps list in their iphones and will stop by your back issues like okay if comics exchange has it i'm sure i'm fucking sure cool but his are sorted and they're proper that place i'm talking about clinton Car- god bless you man you're fantastic but like I, I, sometimes it's hard to find stuff and you might not ever find it in there and it, or it's upstairs and he's not going to get it no but at no. your store everything is like where i need to find it at so i have a few people that help me so i don't want to take all the credit <laughs> because i it's one of the things i, I 
I'm really not good at is uh, putting away the back issues and filing away stuff alphabetically. You know, the alphabet gets kind of tricky right around L and M. You know, obviously it gets to the PRQ, but um, but no, uh, some stores. You know, you go in and you dig, and I don't mind digging in stores. No, it's but, fun. But you're right. Some most most people come in, they want to go right to what they're looking for. They want it to be alphabetized. Um, so. We try and we try and do that at our store. Part of the advantages of being a proprietor is being able to hire people to organize your shit. It also depends on customer service. It's different stores are different, and if you have help, yes, it's a big thing. And if somebody just wants to sit back there and go, "Well, I don't know where it's at," if it's not in that box, sorry, man. Yeah, it's yeah. a very different situation, and it does I've had, happen. I've had both type of employees, yeah. and you definitely you know. prefer the more friendly uh, help yes. employees. There was a shop in Fort Lauderdale I went to on the road. It's this huge two story shop. It's fucking huge, and. Uh, I, I was looking for back issues, and because this place is like some big local institution, they're like, the customer service was fucking garbage. Like, I go up to the counter, and I'm like, hey, I'm just, uh, can you show me where the long boxes are? I'm like, if you don't know, you just need to walk around until you find them. You bitch. <laughs> I, found no, some, uh, I found some cool scores at local like antique malls or flea markets. Mm-hmm. You might find something back in the corner. I think I found the first... 15 of the Grant Morrison new X-Men run for a buck a piece just oh, wow. down the street. Yeah, you never know what you're going to find in little places like that. So An antique shop is where I've uh, started my uh, bronze, or is it bronze Age? Bronze Age Copper Age? Wow. The 70s. That, that 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 uh, era of the horror comics, that's where I got Tomb of Dracula 1. Oh, wow. Cool. And so that, like, that was a big score for me. And then I was like, well, sure. I want to find Werewolf by Night 1. And then I want to find iZombie 1. And, or not iZombie, but uh, Living Zombie and all that stuff. Yeah. Frank, Frankenstein's Monster. So back uh, during that time, that's finding that one in an antique store started it. And it's like, now I got to hunt them down and, and get, cool. get values. I finished <laughs> my Fatal Attractions run with the original like hollow cards in the mm-hmm. front on the on the antique store across the road from the comic book shop that I had been tagging uh-huh. from. Which means that somebody, they had a pawn service in there too, which literally meant somebody bought their comics, yeah. ran out of money, and went to the, the pawn shop and hocked them. <laughs> like, well, sucks for you, buddy. I got nothing but expendable income. I'm fucking 12. <laughs> dum, dum, dum. <laughs> So one cool thing that we're all of a reasonably similar age, and one thing that was cool to me that was happening around us at the time that we probably weren't even aware of uh, coming up in you know Super Friends and cartoons in the '80s was cartoon uh, comic books around us were completely transforming into an adult medium. You know, right around there, uh, Dark Knight Returns, Watchmen, uh, even the fallout of some of those '70s Marvel comics. We're we're kids and we're coming up, but we don't know around us comics are growing up. So by the time we get into it, that transformation's already taken place, or is taking place with stuff like Craven's Last Hunt. Um, stuff like that. Even even the deaths in Crisis on Infinite Earths, as you were mentioning, yeah, was, yeah, it, good point. It, it really hammered it home because before then it was Gwen. I mean, there was like that was a big death, and, 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 and parents is like oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so any parents. So Thomas and Martha Wayne, yeah. uh, Uncle Ben, uh, Green Goblin. They kept Green Goblin or Gwen Stacy. They kept Green Goblin dead for quite a while. Yeah, they really did like, um, forever. They after, actually brought Hobgoblin in. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But yeah, so uh, it, it kind of changed. And my, my buddy Mark had a good saying when he, he used to say that I grew up with comics and comics grew up with me. Oh, that's Ooh. cool. Mm-hmm. In the sense that, yes, he would grow up, the comics were getting progressively more mature and more adult, and the storylines were getting more complex. And and then, yeah, you start hitting Frank Miller on Batman, Batman oh, Year One, example. Dark Knight Returns. Uh, Swamp Thing. You start Alan getting Moore. Alan Moore Swamp Thing, Grant Morrison on mm-hmm. uh, Doom Patrol. And Animal and, Man. Uh, Animal, Animal Man. Man. Oh man, those are so, so good. I want to reread them. Oh, they're, they're, all this stuff is fantastic. And I, I highly recommend. We we have most of these in graphic novel at the store, <laughs> but I highly recommend all these. Um, but yeah, absolutely. And so now, um, comics. When I was a kid, and probably y'all remember this too, it was unusual for comic to be to be continued. 
Same way with the TV show. Oh, yeah. And so now you have serialized TV shows. Back then, you know, Days of Future Past was two issues. That's Death, true. Death of Goblin, Death of Stacy was was two issues. That's Demon so in a Bottle, two issues. And so they would tell oh, yeah, they would yeah. tell these these stories, and, but now that you know everything is is graphic novel and it's six issues, so the storylines mm-hmm. are longer. They can get into more complex storytelling, more detailed storytelling. I forgot Days of Future Past was two issues. It seems like it's so it, much more. So, and, it seems so you, dense. It does. And, and when you hear people fucking quote and talk about those, this is uh, one of the things that got me is Iron Man two when it came out. They're like, all right, we're gonna put the Demon in a Bottle storyline. I've never read that. So I go to, to your shop, actually, and I was like, okay, I'm looking for Demon in the Bottle, and it's, meh. And I was like, what the fuck? No, where's the rest of it? This is like part one, right? And like, you're like, nope. And like, I bought it, I take it home, I read it. I'm like, okay, so wait a minute. They're going to make a two-hour movie out of not even 60 pages with ads? Like, and like when you, when you hear, like, you can tell who has these issues and who read them and who hasn't and just wants to be a jerk on the internet but like oh well, days of future past when i saw days of future past the movie it was nothing like the books I'm like, which of the 60 pages are you fucking talking about <laughs> i think i think the longest we the longest things that you had even back then that you have now would have to be the stuff that was cross uh universe or cross the whole universe like things like crisis things like secret mm-hmm. wars and mm-hmm. secret wars wasn't as long as crisis i don't think secret wars was what four were, issues I no think? they were both they were both 12 were they both 12 okay yeah Okay. Maybe I just only owned four. <laughs> but, but yeah, then you had like Watchmen V for Vendetta and stuff like that that was coming mm-hmm. out from from places like Vertigo and all that. That was well, it wasn't Vertigo when it was Watchmen, but it, it but long, retroactively long form storytelling. Yeah, yeah. long form storytelling. And uh, if you didn't have if, when you had those bigger issues, it was the. Uh, the stuff, the crossovers, mm-hmm. and now you have these huge crossover events where it's literally the entire, like to collect Civil War, mm-hmm. or to collect Secret Wars Two. Mm-hmm. Secret if Wars Two is a good example. If you want to read everything from Secret Wars yes. Two, you're you're getting a lot of books. So I think Civil War, if I remember correctly, it was seven issues total. Mm-hmm. If you built the entire reading order of Civil War, which is Civil War plus all the extra issues, all the one shots, the yep. miniseries, uh, Frontline, uh, it was about a short box worth of comic books. <laughs> so from a seven issue miniseries, you're talking about 150, 140, wow. 150 comics mm-hmm. to read the entire uh, the entire story. And that's when you realize that you know they were definitely going for a longer form of storytelling, and and now you have some writers like uh, Jonathan Hickman and um, uh, Brian Michael Bendis mm-hmm. who uh, they've perfected that that art form of the long form storytelling. What was crazy for me was uh, uh, there's two instances: this uh, Secret Wars two and Flashpoint, mm-hmm. where I literally like I remember going into comics exchange like, well, here's the list. And like I tried with uh, with Flashpoint, I tried to get them all. I ended up having to drop a few of the titles because I'm like I can't fucking afford it. Yeah. When Secret Wars happened, I remember that I saved up mm-hmm. for th- fucking two months when I found out that that order was going to be, and it feels past a long box if you get everything from that. I think this most recent uh, Secret War series has much better crossover material than a lot of others do though there, there was so much good stuff that came in with that Secret Wars that I was motivated to buy most of it myself and usually I don't but I've got so much of that stuff because so much of it was so Thors. good Thors especially yeah. and it's like if you read Thors and then you read the other issues Thors being in the background and right, just right. random fucking places now makes total goddamn sense like mm. I even had the map on the, on the wall in my living room for a while so when I was reading them I was looking at the region of this battle this world this one is like mm. yeah battle world was one of them especially yeah like am i like i'm such a fucking dick about it (laughs) is this zone right where it's supposed to be and if you look at it it fucking is like (laughs) who runs that one oh it's sinister okay i got it uh got it got it got it and that was the thing is that they built out 
they did the smartest thing I think they've ever done marketing wise because I bought them all. I bought them all, all of them, and it was over a, over a long box. Yeah, I'm it was pretty sure a, it was over a long box. Um, and it, each story was like an Elseworlds. Each story was like a what if. It was like a what if miniseries because mm-hmm. you had Th- Thor's was uh, procedural. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's a cop story. You have uh, that crazy Conan Captain America. Uh, and Hulk story, right, right, like you know the Maestro Hulk, uh, the fucking old man Logan story. We've done like a fucking art house comic, and yeah. if you take the map, Andrea Sorrentino's art, yeah, oh, awesome. if you draw the line from where he starts and where he ends, it's still like regionally in that book, it matches to the fucking map. It's crazy, man. It's crazy what they did with that, and they, they, it, it's smart. But but I mean, you know, they like you said earlier, they've been doing these movies. And that's when the bang, the, the the boom started back up with X Men, I guess, and Spider Man came out, and then yeah. everybody's like, "Oh, I want comics again!" And everybody started coming back to shops. Shops started popping up, like mm-hmm. yours. And then, then the MCU hit. Yeah. How so, so, how long into the MCU did it take before the kick really happened? Well, I'd say probably when Disney bought Marvel. So I don't know if you remember the first Iron Man movie wasn't Disney. No. Uh, I think it, Iron Man and Hulk. Correct. And so. Um, once I think Disney bought them, and I think Disney—I can't remember if this is right. I, did was Nick Fury in the first at the end of the first Iron Man? Yes. 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 Okay. A little teaser. So whoever's idea it was to use him as a linchpin, Kevin Feige's, to basically connect all this, uh, you know, Marvel tissue together. Um, it was a genius idea because basically what you did was you locked a lot of people into being. So in poker, you talk about being pot committed. They were pot committed. <laughs> to see these movies because so once you've already seen three movies that's nine hours of your life and now here comes the fourth movie well, and you're like well I've already invested nine hours I want to see this next the next installment and so by the time uh, Endgame came out and um, you know they had um, and in um, Infinity War people were already 12 movies in so who's not going to go see the 13th installment you've already seen 12 installments well I mean and the thing was that uh, you're right it, it, it did boom right when Disney did that because I believe the first Disney film was Avengers it was either Avengers or Captain America, uh, but the point is, by that point, people started going, "Oh, this is really connected." They're not just mm-hmm. doing little Easter eggs, and then they're like, "We're going to do an Avengers movie," and they're like, "They're going to put all the movies together." Okay, I'm down. And then they were like, "Oh, this is just like comics. I can read comics again, and I, I don't, and I'm not confused by because, man, before this, it was Universal monsters that had crossovers in movies." Uh, like basically, <laughs> yeah. There wasn't a there wasn't a lot. AVP once, and that was bad. That's oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's not <laughs> still a comic book. No, 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 we're not we're not treading down that. But <laughs> that's a comic book. Uh, to me, I started buying issues again after taking a long break off when I found out about Jeff Johns uh, getting hold of Green Lantern, and I started going to your store, and then I got fully back into it. Mm. And uh, this is the the boom had not hit yet. Yeah. I think we were at Iron Man two. Uh, like it was right between Iron Man one and two when when all this shit's happening. I Iron Man 2 needs more credit, by the way. People it's shit on that movie. It's fine movie. It's pretty decent. Fine movie. And I like at Iron the, Man 3, too. At the time, yeah. Iron Man 2 pissed you <laughs> off because you we weren't used to the idea of franchise building. But if you go back and watch it, it's, it fits into the universe fucking fine. Yeah. It does. I mean, the, there's maybe one or two things that people complain about. You know, the in-fight scene with uh, him and Rhodey and the um, and Whiplash. Crimson is, Dynamo is, off, is awfully short. <laughs> yeah, it's a little anticlimactic. Uh, very yeah, anticlimactic. The drone scene was much longer. But, man, I'll tell you what. Every single time he gets to that Formula One race car scene <laughs> yeah. and I don't care what I'm doing I'll sit in front of that television and it's watch him so suitcase up on that armor it's and a very good action sequence I love that scene in that movie and there's several scenes in Iron Man 2 that are phenomenal 
Um, and Sam Rockwell's just that's overall exactly creepiness. what I was about to say. <laughs> Please oh, yeah. bring Great Justin character. Hammer back. Great yeah. Hammer. Why are you not using Justin Hammer in these movies? Like, I know Rockwell's down. God, he's great. There's what, like a thousand Disney Plus shows about to happen? Trust me, they're going to find him a job. Well, they, they, only, <laughs> they mentioned him in Luke Cage. They said this armor came from Hammer Industries, and that right. was it. But I really expected him to show up in that, too. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, I, I will say this. Like, after the Avengers came out, like, like opening night of the Avengers, me and Mike went to the midnight showing, right? Mm-hmm. It, was just, it, was, it really felt special. Like It felt the closest thing, like I mentioned. Like a Star Wars, right? That's exactly what I was about to say, culturally speaking, mm-hmm. and the feeling of specialness for it. It was the closest thing I remember from Star Wars, for sure. I remember going to the shop in the weeks after the Avengers coming out and I I knew these people in my day-to-day life I'd never heard them mention comic books and they're sitting there going from fucking aisle to fucking aisle like from a from a casual observer Avengers seems to be what I like the shotgun black, what was noticeable to me as an outsider it was like yeah fuck these people I've known for 15 years are now sitting there asking me about goddamn Iron Man storylines well, and I'll tell you where I think the next leap is gonna happen I think when Disney Plus gets up and rolling with these TV shows and they, the synergy between the shows and the movies, you're going to see uh, a lot of people have that uh, water cooler conversation the same way they used to about Walking Dead. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. About, you know, because Walking Dead before this was kind of like a, the only comic book TV show. Well, I won't say that. I mean, there's, there's several, but but it was it kind of gave you an example of if you had a hit comic book TV show about what it could do culturally uh, in the uh, the pop culture and, and how, much, how many people would be talking about it. and. So hopefully with uh, the WandaVision show. Oh, man, that the, looks so um, interesting. It looks so unique. It really does. That one's, that one's the one I'm most hyped about, but I definitely want to see Winter Soldier. Um, That's mine because I just I live in that world. That side of the MCU for me, yeah. the spy. So Cap 2 is your favorite probably. Yes, it's Winter, my favorite. Yeah. It is awesome. Yeah. That, uh, Cap 2 is my favorite, then Civil War. It's then a Endgame. Jason Bourne yeah. superhero film. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really that's that's the thing that gets me super excited is about the upcoming the uh, MCU at, at on Disney Plus. I like how you brought The Walking Dead into that because that's mm-hmm. another thing people don't realize that boomed in. And the oh, people yeah. I know that got into comics from Walking Dead primarily haven't left Image. Like they've just been picking up other fucking Image titles. And and Image, nothing for nothing, is if you look at right in that window of time when Walking Dead was at its apex, Image is fucking killing it. Mm-hmm. In every fucking level, and they then, still are. Oh yeah, saga. Some it's, of the best stuff is Image, but just because they off, they're the only company that offers. Well, not the only company, but they're the largest company that offers creator-owned rights. So, yeah. for instance, if you have an awesome idea for a comic book story, you can go to Marvel and DC, and they'll turn it into a Gambit story, or they'll turn it into a Doctor Fate story. Mm-hmm. But then you don't own any of it. Or you can take that awesome idea and you can go create your own comic at Image or at Boom or at AfterShock or at IDW. Uh, talk to my man John Tipton. <laughs> he goes. He goes by fairness. He goes by Denton now, so I should say Denton Tipton. But uh, but yeah. Um, so the, the the best stuff, or at least in my mind, some of the most creative stuff that's being published today is is in the third party companies. Hundred uh, percent. Black Science for me is just all. That's going to be in my top ten of all time, just for crazy fucking storytelling and fantastic art. Well, oh um, god, the art's amazing. Amazing. Lock and Key is my favorite comic of all time. Lock and Key. Have you had a chance to watch any of the Netflix? Yes, it's fantastic. Uh, how close is it to the TV, to the comic book? It is uh, different in the uh, way that they kept it TV fourteen. Because I heard they goosebumped it a little bit. Yeah, they, but it's they not. It's it not silly. It's okay. just toned down. But there's still children that die in that show, and okay. there is still uh, uh, <laughs> these guys haven't watched it yet and probably haven't read the books. Uh, they haven't read the books because I've been pushing it on them forever. Oh, but like, great. They, they do the stuff with Lucas and Dodge the same way. Okay. And there's a lot of there's still all that in it. So it's uh it's 
It's really it, good. It, it's it's. The, I like it. It should. Be I like noted. the show better than Stranger Things. He can't. Quick, stop. quick question: What's your favorite key? My favorite key, mm-hmm. the head key. Uh, everybody loves the head key. That's probably, that's probably my favorite too. But that or the ghost key. Just I like the idea of just being a ghost, but you can't mm-hmm. leave the grounds. Oh, these guys are going to go crazy. With well, I'm gonna, <laughs> I, I finally finished the Watcher and finally finished uh, his Dark Materials. So that's the next one that's up on the docket. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll probably watch it tonight. Actually, I'm watching it tonight. But it should be noticed. I mean, the notice that should be noted every single fucking time CK mentions lock and key. Mm-hmm. A lot of children die. A lot of children die. <laughs> a lot of children die. A lot of children Dude, die. It's like the theme of the show. The, the first season carries through, uh, it, it diverts a little bit from the material, particularly with the ending, because they don't want to just end it like they do in the, because the story pretty much wraps up in a. But with the TV show, you want to keep it yeah. open ended. Yeah, yeah. So they keep it going. Uh, but. Ultimately, uh, it's fantastic, and yeah, I'm sorry, but like in the book and the show, just a lot of kids die, man. I mean, yeah. it's, just, it's a part of the thing. It's about trauma. It's a thing about trauma. It's like something is killing the children. An IDW book that I talk about all the time that I got you into, and you're going to eventually read because you're going to love it. I also got folklore off your recommendation. Folklore. Yeah, folklore is great. Yeah. Did, did you notice how the bass in his voice just dropped? And you're going to love it. <laughs> oh, you will, man. Eric so, Slaughter is a cool character. So what are you reading, Bill? What's your favorites right now? So I go through phases, and uh, a lot of it, when I was younger, I would always read certain titles. Uncanny X-Men, mm. Peter David's Incredible Hulk, oh, Wolf, nice. Wolfman Perez, New Teen Titans, of course, oh, yeah. um, Peter David's Aquaman. But what I, later on, what I've come to realize is that I more so follow writers now. So I have certain favorite writers that I really like. Um, they're still like I, I'll always read Uncanny X Men until I die. That's just <laughs> it's, it's like in my DNA, and I can't help it at this point. I, I, it's like I talked earlier about being pot committed. I've been reading it for thirty x years, and so it's like uh, us with Batman. I'm not sto- I'm not stopping now. <laughs> oh no, Detective. I'm, 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 I'm in that boat as well. Yeah, Detective especially. Uh, I'm I'm stuck with Detective until I'm dead. Yeah. I'm stuck but with Detective and Green Lantern. If I had if I had to throw out some current ones that I'm really enjoying. Um, James Tinian's new run on Batman is really great. Oh, yeah. I love what what Hickman's done for the most part with the Fantastic Four, or I'm sorry, with the X Men. Um, just because Marvel had neglected X Men for so long, oh, when, so when, long when they were in the war with Fox, and they they basically created you know that Inhumans TV show to bluff Fox and say, hey, we'll create our own X Men if you won't give us X Men. God, what a and, fucking toilet bowl that was. <laughs> and in the uh, in the comics, they basically they shut down any cool X Men stories or new mutant characters. Scarlet Witch did a thing around the House of M where she uh, wouldn't allow any more mutants to be created in the X Men universe. No more mutants. No more mutants. And so that was just basically Marvel's Disney's way of squeezing Fox. But but now X Men's great again with Hickman on there. Um, oh my gosh, uh, Chip Zdarsky's Daredevil. Yes, I'm just talking uh, about that. That and the Spider Man life story that he did, man. It's the like life story made me cry. There oh were two two issues. That I'm not afraid to admit it. It teared me up. They've um, not read it. Neither one of you guys have read it yet. I've not. I've no. It, okay. How, explain explain it. So it, explain it, it better. It, it goes through short def, short uh, explanation. It. it, it goes through the different decades of Spider-Man's life and tells kind of like these one-of stories um, starting in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Oh, I have um, heard about this. Yeah, yeah and it, it, it's really well done. The art's fantastic. The story's good. And there's a couple tearjerkers in there. See, I want to read this because my big bitch about Spider-Man for mm-hmm. fucking years. Uh, I quit, quit reading it for probably since uh, Scarlet Spider and all that shit until... Uh, was it was the guy who wrote uh, the Spider Ver not yeah Spider Ver Spider Island? 
Dan Slot. Dan Slot. You turned me onto the Dan Slot run of it. I fucking loved Spider Man again. But my problem with Spider Man was how long can you keep him a teenager, or how long can you keep him at twenty question marks? Well, they move right? him around all the time. I know. Like, like I liked the McFarlane run because he wasn't a fucking teenager. Yeah, that's what got me back into comics at that time was that McFarlane run of Spider Man. I remember it to this so day. It just was so it just felt so fresh. And, and they different. still do the webs like he drew them too. Yeah, they do. You're right. Yeah, the little spirals wound the spaghetti up. webs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was telling them the other day though after I read. Red Life Story and after I'd read Daredevil I said Chip Zdarsky is the next great, great writer that you're going to hear like people say like Bendis and people say like um, uh, Grant Morrison you know when they talk about it with Reverence Hickman uh, he's doing things and then that that Fantastic Four X-Men. That was awesome. Yeah. I really enjoyed that issue. Have you read that one? It was the, the first issue that just yep. came out? Yep. No, I haven't. I, sometimes with the miniseries like those, I'll wait until they're all done and read them in one sitting. I was uh, legitimately surprised how much I enjoyed it's, that. It's really it was good. great. Well, really I know good. we sold out at the store, and that's usually a pretty good sign yeah. for a book <laughs> if, I, if I sell all the first issues. How did the Hickman stuff, by the way, I mean, I, it, it, I know it hit hard, and everybody just started coming and grabbing it in word of mouth. It, it, X-Men has exploded since then, hasn't it? So, like, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> like I said, Disney uh, really put a push behind X-Men again which yeah. is nice and they started same way with the Marvel Legends there was about three or four years where none of the Marvel Legends had any X characters and it would drive me crazy well yeah. that damn broke recently <laughs> it absolutely did and, and, and they, my they, wallet and yes <laughs> and, but you know now I have a classic rogue and a classic gambit and figures uh-huh. that I, I've been wanting for a long time that I they, want that classic gambit so fucking bad it's oh, awesome gorgeous yeah. You yeah. can find him at Walmart sometimes if you're just randomly walking by. It's like, oh, there's Gambit. Yeah. But oh, it's, it's, that, the scalpers haven't got to it yet. That toy's on my list, though, of I only see when I have no money. That, that, like, there's that, a, I have so many of those. There's a few of them that I'm like, I'm just going to start stealing You have to shit. pull the move where you hide it in the linen section. Exactly. <laughs> you go to the pillows where, and you hide it. Yeah. And uh, I had a friend of mine when they shut down the Toys R Us out at West Hill Mall, and he'd worked out there for, I don't know, 13 years. It was a sad day. It was a sad day. It broke my heart. And um, I still get sad when I see a giraffe and uh, <laughs> he said that when he uh, when they shut that store down and they were moving all the fixtures they found a dozen toys that people had hit over the years where they had forgotten oh, it cool. or, they could, or they hid it and they couldn't remember where they hid it and they crept back and Th- that'd be me here's a 1992 <laughs> night creeper yeah <laughs> and he was like man I guess uh, I guess Nightman was hot back in 94 <laughs> you know and, uh, so some of that stuff is kind of neat to go back and look at but yeah the, now that's the one thing that's changed the toy market the scalpers oh yeah. god fuck you so if you're a scalper how, how do y'all, fuck you how do y'all feel you. about scalpers I hate them fuck with a bleeding passion okay see I just got back into the toy part of this stuff and I didn't know that the toy scalpers were a thing until like Huge. a couple of weeks ago they'll just clear shit out out. And just, my jaw dropped. You know what it reminded me of? Is I, I, I got reminded toy scalpers have always been a thing, just not to this degree. It reminded me when Phantom Menace came out. Uh, and we yep, were sitting yep. there waiting on midnight at Flippers. fucking Walmart. And then you were going like, oh, cool, I can finally go get some of these new toys. Like I, I, I know we went and we wanted the, the fucking uh, the droid, the roller one. I can't think of its name. But you know, the... Droideka. Droideka. That, that's what we, we were going for those, specifically for those. And there were dudes slipping fucking Walmart employees' 50s to be able to open up the boxes and help help them stock. Phantom Menace was when it started. That's really? where they started. Right. That's where they started going from common to super rare on each uh, each peg. So that's when we well, we called them flippers. They would come into Toys R Us, and when the 25th anniversary came out, which was 
the G.I. Joe 25th anniversary, which mm-hmm. was close after that, they would put everything on the shelves, then open the door. So that the guys would come in, get on their knees, get on those, those low racks, flip those pegs until they got to the back, grab that Cobra Commander V4, mm-hmm. and run out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and now people just go in and buy pallets and whole things. But I think Target has started limiting people. Yes. As yes. far as Funkos, I know that I was only allowed to buy two because I was buying one for me and my friend. And when I bought it, they said, you can only get two, man. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is getting drastic. I mean, like, just, like two, just two Funkos, period, or two? Two of the same thing. Okay, I was about to say, because that, that, they're fucking too far. If it's, if, if, <laughs> if it's a Target, exclu- if it's an exclusive anything, period, mm-hmm. Walgreens, Target, and we're not just talking about Funkos, we're talking yeah. about uh, Marvel Legends, mm-hmm. Star Wars Black Series. If it's an exclusive, it should be limited to uh, uh, everywhere. Man, Funk- leave one for a kid. The, the Funko people are a different breed. Yeah. So I always talk to the toy people, I'm like, who? On the hierarchy of toy collectors, I ask them, who are the worst? Mm-hmm. And they it's always true. tell me, invariably, it's the uh, the Funko, the, the the Pop Funkos, and believe it or not, the Hot Wheel people. I oh, believe yeah. Hot Wheel. I believe I've that. heard some See horror it. stories with the Hot Wheel people. Now, every year for San Diego Comic-Con, um, my distributor will send me two free passes to go to San Diego. Ooh. Now, I haven't been yet, because if <laughs> I tell my wife that the first serious vacation we're taking in 10 years is to go to a comic book convention, <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be divorced. So what I do is I take, I take the, two, the two passes, and I'll usually give them to my customers that are going. Mm-hmm. And I tell them, I say, listen, you don't owe me anything for the passes. The only thing I ask is, here's a shopping list of some exclusives. Oh, yeah. there here's you. my FedEx account number. Can you please buy these exclusives and have them FedEx back? Hell yeah. Nice. And, they, and usually they'll hook me up. So one year I'm talking to the guy and it's preview night, which is Wednesday night down there, which is when they, you can go, if you have a five day pass, they'll, they'll let you on the floor and you can do a preview thing. And he calls me from the floor and he says, listen, he goes, I'm, I'm here. I've got the cash. They're about to open the doors. And then I hear like, it sounded like chains dropping from the doors, like metal chains. Like they had this, the door. and I hear the chains drop. And then he goes, the doors are opening. He goes, okay, we're running. We're, everybody's running. He goes, he goes, it's like, he goes, it's like Pamplona, Spain and the running of the bulls. But it's, he goes, instead of bulls, it's a bunch of nerds behind me. And he, and he ran straight to the Pop Funko booth because I, I'd give him like four Funkos I wanted. Yeah. And he goes, I can't even get close to the booth, dude. He yep. said, there's so many wow. people. And he goes, it's just a mass of people and they're all waving money over their heads. Wow. Just holding up 20s, you know, trying to get these, these exclusive pump Funkos. And so I don't even try for the exclusive Funkos anymore because the collectors are so devout and they're so hardcore that you can't do it. I'm one of them, but uh, I'm not crazy like them. (laughs) That's that's cool to me, though. There's a difference in somebody being passionate and wanting it for their collection versus just some selfish asshole Uh, taking figures and holding them ransom for people. It's like 50-50 on the Funko people. All right, all right. Yeah, I'd say that's fair. I'm I'm a a casual collector, and I'll say, Mm -hmm. I'm going to get those, but... like for instance, I've I've saw that emptied at San Diego Comic Con. Oh, yeah. I saw that shelf empty over the first day. They yeah. had a meme of that. Didn't yeah, they? yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I in fact, Funko has to split it between the five days. So what they'll do is, if they have a, an exclusive that's limited to two hundred and forty, they'll do sixty a day for four days. Yeah. So is, is and that, that way, way they have the release map pictures? Well, that's your Freddy Funkos and stuff like that that you're getting crazy about the the, the, the low super numbers, super low, low numbers. numbers. Right, you're getting into things. It's like Freddy Funko Superman, and then they're going to do yeah, sixty one day, sixty the next day. But they may have two hundred Sigma and the Sea Monsters, mm-hmm. but you better get one of those. Yeah. <laughs> when, they, when the Funko trend first started up, I thought I had a problem with it because I had bought enough to have two shelves in my house. And I'm like, okay, I've got to cut the brakes on it. I quit fucking talking about them for a while. And then I'm like, not even a year passes. And I start seeing my friends go, okay, I'm selling my Funko collection. I'm like, ooh, maybe they got two or three that I need. And it's walls in their fucking home. Yeah. Rooms in their fucking... Yeah. Floor to ceiling. <laughs> 
The listeners can't see the hand I have over Cody's head pointing right now. <laughs> it's somewhere between that on one wall and G.I. Joe's on the other wall. It's it's. I like, had a customer mine that came in, wanted to get into collecting Funkos, and said, I want to do start Funkos. I said, be careful with the slippery slope. Mm-hmm. He said, listen, I'm just going to do, <laughs> I'm just going to do Deadpool's and Batman's. Uh-huh. Oh, that's... And I, oh, that's all. That's, oh, that's all. That's the <laughs> scariest that's one. What, that's what he thought. And then I saw him about four months later, and he said that he was up to like 120-something different Deadpools and Holy Batman's. Holy shit. I was about to say, that's the ones they make the most of. They make yeah. them, between the color variations and all the different uh, exclusives and, and whatnot. I mean, he had over 100 Funkos just of Deadpools and Batman's. I'm surprised at this point he doesn't have a Funko-shaped IV hole in his arm. Oh, like, oh, I need more Deadpool. A Batman <laughs> Funko-shaped IV hole. Because, I mean, like, Literally, I've seen I've seen people almost fight over like a rainbow stripe Batman, oh. and I just don't get it. But like, I'm just not that level of collector. You got to be a completist. I, uh, they are. Though this is some serious Pokemon shit. Got to collect them all. When you talk to Funko people, it's it's fucking crazy. One thing that killed me with scalpers lately, uh, they've been releasing these NECA brand TMNT figures at Target exclusively, and they're fucking amazing. And Bebop and Rock City came out, but there's only one per case. After a week of driving around at Targets, I'm like, what the fuck? So I go to eBay, mm-hmm. 300 of them are on eBay for twice the amount. I'm like, fuck right. you. Get a diamond account. Open a fuck. You want to sell toys? Mm-hmm. Open a fucking toy store, at least online. Quit ripping people, ripping legitimate honest fans off. Hold, just taking it away from them. Just so for profit. I'll, I'll tell you the secret of what they do. They go in. So Target puts up an end cap of, of Bebops and Rocksteady's mm-hmm. and, and, and Turtles. One person goes in with two shopping carts and just dumps that end cap into those two carts. It takes, goes and checks out. Goes home puts those toys on eBay, keeps the receipt. The ones he can sell on eBay at markup, he says at markup, makes money. The ones that don't sell on eBay, on the 29th day, before the 30th day, when that receipt runs out, mm. he takes those toys back to Target, the ones that didn't sell at markup, and returns them to Target and gets his money back. I will fight him. So right he floats, gets credit. So he floats, he floats 30 days of money on his credit card, and then you know he sells the stuff on eBay, and then at the end of the month, the stuff he doesn't sell goes back to Target, and he gets the money back. Open a fucking what store, a you fuck. So hang on, hang on, it gets better. Oh, and then <laughs> I don't think you know what the word "better" means. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. <laughs> he um, then if he if let's say he's got three hundred dollars on his credit card, right? Yeah. And but they have four hundred dollars worth of product on the pegs. So he'll take the three hundred dollars, dump it in the car. At the last hundred dollars, he'll uh, he'll damage all the the cases oh, and the package. Oh, I, get, I see. Yeah. That's where those come oh. from. So basically, oh. now you've created an artificial scarcity in your immediate area where people can't find mint on card um, figures that they're looking for because one person's either damaged the supply or has bought the supply up. And why why are you doing that to toy collectors? It's already such a I small know. niche thing. Can't, can't go fuck with somebody else. I yeah. have I have a hard fast rule. If there's if there's two there. Or if there's two there, buy one, leave one for a kid. If there's three there, you buy two, leave one for a kid. Right. Uh, I mean, if you're going to buy two to, to even resell it, if you're hard up, but if you're a toy collector, you're a toy collector. But those guys, they've been around for a while. Oh, yeah. It's 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 never the 10-year-old that's buying two. Well, no, right, because right. there was times when I was 10 and I would buy two Stormtroopers because I want an army build. Army mm-hmm. build, yeah. Or, you know, I would buy a, a, a Luke in white and a Luke in black because I want a Jedi Luke and a normal yeah. Luke. But uh, so usually if I see, you know, kids doing that, I don't, I don't think twice. I think, you know, he, he was, he's going to take one and use it for pieces and parts or whatever. Sure. But when I see the 40 year old, or, you know, the 35 yeah. year old and he's buying all six of the uh, the Walmart exclusive, you know, Jean Grey's or whatnot. Mm. Uh, I know what's up. Yeah. It's, it's, it's disgusting. What fucking bastardry is this? <laughs> this is what we Jesus. deal with, dude. This is why yep. we can't find our figures. Mm-hmm. Yes. I just, uh, uh, well, I knew you weren't lazy because uh, <laughs> uh, uh, no. Jesus 
If you're one of those people and you're listening to this show, I want you to do us the favor of find a telephone pole that needs memorial cross and drive full fucking force into it. Do you publish? You know what? Okay. Fuck us. Fuck us. We're we're. You know, we're not kids. It's the kids thing that that pisses me yeah. off because, mm-hmm. I mean, at, at 38, I'm Star Wars toy kid age, and like the 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 Lukes I wanted mm-hmm. were the big ones. The Lukes and the Vaders I wanted, mm-hmm. I could never fucking get. I had to buy them as an adult in like plastic bags from the damage piles. Mm-hmm. To do that to a kid as big as shit like the MCU mm-hmm. or. Uh, even though it shouldn't be to the some of the younger age groups, but it is Rick and Morty. They've got a bunch of fucking rare Funkos too, just from yeah, fucking Walmart. Exclusives, yeah. Uh, like like taking those from you, fuck. If I would have, like, oh my god, I I have a whole new demographic of people to kick in the fucking face. <laughs> Jesus now you know why Christ. we we talk about it with so much venom. Yep. I did I, I I did not know. Speaking of venom, I wanted to touch on this a minute mm-hmm. ago when you brought up Image Comics. Uh, it is so astonishing to me that Image Comics now is known as the place to go for creativity and artistic freedom. When you think about what Image Comics started, it's as. crazy. Isn't oh it? God, it's, uh, nobody's going and showing off their young, early pictures of young blood, <laughs> or the softcore porn of Gen Thirteen. <laughs> but the Venom reference there is because Venom is what created Image Comics. Technically, uh, Venom. For our listeners that don't know, uh, Todd McFarlane created Venom along with Dave McElhaney. And uh, editor came to McFarlane and said, hey, we're going to turn Venom into an anti-hero. We're going to make him kind of a good guy. And McFarlane mm-hmm. was like, well, no, no, you're not, because he's psycho and he's evil. Mm-hmm. He's my character. And they're like, mm, he's not your character. <laughs> so that pissed him off, and he got his friends together, and they said, well, fuck you, Marvel. We're going to go somewhere that we can make our own characters. And it, t- to be fair, they were pretty awful comics. It was very much watered-down <laughs> copies of, of what was going on in Marvel uh, at the time in DC to a lesser degree. So Definitely. So to see them Let's evolve from that into the house of creativity and passion, that's that's something astonishing. We, we used to buy, I think it was Supreme, I think mm-hmm. it was in there. Yeah, yeah. Superman knockoff. Yeah, yep. we we used to buy issues of that just mm-hmm. so we could read out loud to make fun of. Like like if you read if you try to read every dialogue from a, a Supreme in a Shakespeare voice, it's one of the funniest <laughs> fucking things that you can ever fucking do. Uh, like some of, but I, I I liked Image when it came out for Spawn. I think everybody yeah, everybody was about sure. Spawn, and uh, everything else was a side effect. Like you bought Image comics hoping. That it was going to fucking be like Spawn, and you get you know more Rob LaField trying to draw feet in four uh, different franchises. Uh, uh, <laughs> it wasn't until Larson did Savage Dragon, really, and I think that was that's Savage Dragon was really good. But didn't he leave? That that was Top Cow. It's still going Savage Dragon, by the way. Yeah, surprisingly, what? Like, yeah, it's about to come up on issue three hundred. It's, it's a generational, just, right? Like his kid became Savage Dragon. Mm-hmm. It's like aging yeah. in real time. Eric and Larson, like uh, it's, it's a labor of love for him. I, I give it up to Larson because it's hard to mm-hmm. do three hundred copies of a comic um, for a anybody. Procedural. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, the, the 300 straight shot, no reboots, no cons, nothing. Nobody else just, doing issues, just Larson cranking. One long continuity. Yes. Uh, so, I mean, d- that's that fan base has to be savage as hell, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't think of that when I said it. But yeah, it is, it's crazy. The image is the house of, like, like I said earlier, I mentioned Saga, but Saga has its own fan base. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is literally people that every day, every week, that's what they were every month. That's what they want. Is My Saga. buddy loves Saga. He calls it Star Wars for smart people. I know people. <laughs> that, I, I know people that only hey, read Saga. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, people, that's what I was saying. People yeah, like, I, know, I, I, I know people. Uh, that's one of the that's, only comic. 
Well, like, there's Saga people and Walking yeah. Dead are the only two franchise. Well, well, used to be Walking I'm Dead. I'm say no more. Well, well, okay. well, the, the, the franchise I know that like that's the only book that they buy. They'll come in the store and they'll buy the one book of Saga, huh. and that'll be it. That's fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. What was that like finding out like basically that day that The Walking Dead was ending? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, no. so I mean for the for the comic book it was kind of a surprise because they didn't tell anybody and it was coming up on issue 200. Yeah. So it was issue 193 so you figured well if you're going to end a, a series why not end it on 200? And 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 so it, it caught everybody off guard and um, I'm not sure why Kirkman did it like that because obviously he could have sold a lot more comics if he had announced an ending on 200 and mm-hmm. sold a, an $8 issue of 200, you know, it's double thick. You know, but to end it on a regular three ninety nine issue, you know, he he left a lot of money on the table. Not that he's hurting for money. Walking yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, Dead has pretty much been a machine he's, that prints money for a while. He good. He's I saw pretty, the trailer for the new show last night. He's so, pretty yeah. good. The same way reason, um, you know, when you have that much money, it's like my buddy with Disney and uh, Baby Yoda. So oh, I'm yeah. sure you've already talked about Baby Yoda. So Baby Yoda, you know, they came out on the Mandalorian, but it was before Christmas. Mm-hmm. So Shortly everybody, before Christmas. So everybody, Shortly, in the, yeah. everybody in the store was wondering, hey, where's all the Baby Yoda merch? I want a stocking stuffer, putting my stocking for with Baby. Where's? But Disney didn't uh, didn't release any merch for Baby Yoda before Christmas. The reason being because John Favreau went to the merchandising department and said, listen, if you guys spoil this for me. I'll come back here and I'll take a flamethrower. I don't know if it's, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm ad libbing, but I'm imagining. I'm imagining that Happy said, "Listen, I'm gonna come back here and take a, I'm gonna take a flamethrower to this place if you guys uh, spoil spoil this Baby Yoda thing." And so Disney forewent all the money that they could have made on Christmas Baby Yoda just so they can maintain the integrity of that TV show, that Mandalorian TV show. And that's what gives me good feelings about the Marvel MCU going forward. Mm, is that if if Disney's willing to. Uh, to put that kind of faith in this and to put the kind of production value and quality that, that they're putting Mandalorian, which is fantastic, uh, then I don't see the MCU shows uh, failing. I, I think they're all going to do well. I couldn't agree more, and you got to yeah. bear in mind how fucking uncharacter, well, you know, but like, like but how fucking uncharacteristic for it the is mouse to Disney leave money on the table. Money on the, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, a lot of money in this a case. A lot. I mean, the. And, if you look at what they did, I, I'm not. A, a, I think it's funny. I, I don't promote the band or anything. But what they did to the Jonas Brothers, for example, over one possibility to make extra millions, they fucked those guys' career up because they said no about one part of a contract. Mm-hmm. They put those fuckers off the island because that was an extra, and it was only big. Uh, uh, big Jonas Brothers fan, are you? No, but <laughs> I mean, I think, uh, I think Nick, Nick your favorite. I like Nick. <laughs> Nick's cool. No, I, I just think it's funny as shit that it was they complained about one part of a contract and Disney. Like, go fuck yourself you do what we say yeah and the Jonas Brothers were a machine that printed money to tweens until then and they were like oh we, we're sorry Disney we're sorry they they threatened their whole fucking livelihood oh yeah and then, now if you look at it in a, a situation like Marvel it would be so easy for them to put their jack boot right to the throat mm-hmm. and go yeah they haven't. If you look at Star Wars, they have a reputation for sticking the jackboot to the neck mm-hmm. of Star Wars, and they let Mandalorian pass. Mm-hmm. That is not. Well, it's, it's so, it's so right to have gone that way because if they would have sent out designs for that Baby Yoda to these companies, it would oh. have leaked the fuck everywhere. And it, it would for have months the Mandal- before it people being like, the "Oh, there's Baby Yoda." It would just, you know, it would have. Yeah, it would have tanked the Mandalorian. It would have had no franchise ability. They're making their money in the long run the by long not run. getting that cash grab there. But this is the the big ears are a machine of cash grab. Mm-hmm. Like for them to leave, they've got to have some serious fucking faith in these new contracts for the, for point. Disney Plus. I think the Baby Yoda dam's about to break. What is it? June, July, when all this pre-ordered stuff. July, I know. April, the Funko comes the out. The Funko's in April. Yeah. So you'll start seeing some stuff probably around springtime. But you know they're still going to make millions on Baby Yoda merchandise. Oh, yeah. 
So it's not like they're missing the boat completely. They're just taking a little bit smaller boat. Mm. Well, if you but, saw that $60, the, the, the animatronic the, one, the animatronic mm-hmm. one yeah. for 60 bucks, for 60 what it bucks, does, yeah. it's full size. It coos when it sees bright lights. Mm-hmm. It can close its eyes and do the force push thing. It yeah. says like 60 different things. That or, should be like 200 bucks. You'd yeah. Think. yeah. Like, it, that's already pre-order sold, right? It's like, it's, you can still pre-order you it. Yeah, I mean, you can get it. Yeah. 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 No, no, it's available. It, 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 <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's Hasbro. <laughs> it's, I'm pretty sure it's a Hasbro. I'm, I think it yeah, is. It is. Yeah. I can has, bro. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's crazy how that stuff. Uh, I mean, they kept that held in. Yeah. It's unreal because it's like I can see Feige having that power, right? Mm-hmm. A little bit like being like, no, stop. Mm-hmm. But like Favreau being able to do it, that's amazing. Well, you also have to look at the amount of franchises that Favreau has kicked off. I mean, they had some faith in Favreau. I mean, with, uh, without Favreau, the MCU wouldn't have existed. You know, well, he's, he's Iron Man one, right? Yeah, he's yeah. Iron Man one, and he was the one that hard pitched it. Like mm-hmm. it was his hard sell. If you watch the uh, like the the featurettes on making Iron Man one, mm-hmm. it, it's basically John Favreau going, "I know if this movie fucking fails, I'm unemployed, I'm bankrupt, I'm dead, I'm fucked." But uh, and I've got Robert Downey Jr. with me, and this Kevin guy seems pretty smart, so I'm gonna go fucking fight it. You know. Mm-hmm. Now they uh, and I guess I guess now Kevin Feige is he in charge of the Star Wars stuff too? Did then Disney move him over to Star Wars? No, he's just producing a film apparently. Okay. Uh, or he's creating a film, but the interesting thing to me is that now he is full creative control over the entire of all creative, mm-hmm. which means that he's not hit it yet, but yeah. he can touch the comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He yeah. can actually have. He can actually start affecting the comics. I, hope and I don't he think doesn't. it'll do it in a bad way, but he has control. I hope he he's doesn't. there now. Well, I will say the Marvel. This is uh, this is not me just puffing my own store, but the Marvel, <laughs> the Marvel Star Wars <laughs> comics have been phenomenal. You're the, they really uh, have. They yeah, put a lot of talent good. on those. So if you if you if you miss expanded universe Star Wars stuff. Uh, from back in the day, uh, Marvel's doing it in the comic books right now, and it's fantastic. And the, you, the Darth Vader volumes have been great. The Karen Gillan ones are fantastic. Darth Vader's insane. They um, dropped some big canon storyline stuff in those Vader comics, too. Yeah, Doc Aphra is going to be a character that y'all are going to hear about for many, many years. Yeah, man, that, that's a character that came out of nowhere, and all of a sudden, like, yeah. I, I was like, I like this character. She's great. And mm-hmm. then, like, you start seeing action figures, and uh, mm-hmm. I think there's an action figure coming out. I don't. I, there may have been a Black Series already, or there's one coming out. I've seen it. I've seen oh, yeah, yeah. I think it's in the it. next, like, one or two okay. weeks. Yeah. I was about to say, it's coming out. She's a big character, dude, and really cool. Darth oh, yeah. Vader 25, I think it was either the first or second series. I want to say it was the first. It might have been the second. They mm-hmm. officially canonized the fact that Palpatine spawned Anakin that he created and it wasn't Immaculate uh, Conception. Correct, which adds a lot more to that Kylo Ren Ray kiss. Yep, yep. (laughs) You start doing the genealogy chart, you're like, oh, wait a minute here. Hang on. Well, I mean, that's on on brand for Star Wars, though. It is. Leia. It it was still like an artificial insemination kind of force baby. So you gotta remember, like, he didn't just, like, make a baby like a... (laughs) Like Palpatine style. Like, I like how you just turned the force into a turkey baster. <laughs> yeah, turkey baster of of midichlorians versus, eh, eh, do it. I'll, <laughs> that I'll, didn't happen. I'll say this, though. Like the Darth Vader issues that I've read, uh, not only fucking phenomenal, they fill the hole in my soul the prequels made of wanting just to fucking see Darth yes, Vader right. do Vader shit. Because like outside of that one scene of Rogue One... That was an awesome scene. That was a great scene. Great scene. a great scene. Not knocking that at all. It's the best scene in the movie. Oh, without <laughs> a fucking doubt. I'll yeah. rewatch that movie so I can just get to the east the, the surprise at the end. You know, it's that's the orgasm after a long fuck. <laughs> a lot of that movie is a lot of. Uh, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I love that movie, but a lot of it is. Remember this? Yeah. Remember, so I mean, like, oh, it's, it's member berries. For yeah. Hell. But like the prequels, I didn't get. 
it's fucking Darth Vader. That's the only fucking thing I want. I thought when they announced that I'm getting three fucking movies of Darth Vader doing some fucking Vader shit. No, no, you need to, you need to read the comics. But if you want to see, if you want to see Vader just bringing <laughs> X wings down out of the sky with the Force, uh, yeah. the comic book's the way to go. Yeah, I mean, like every issue that I have read has at least five panels. I would say of just Ultimate Vader shit. Yeah. Also, some stuff he does on Rebels is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. You get to see him, you're like, oh, he's doing cool stuff because they didn't do it in the movies. No, not so much. <laughs> but if you also look at the amount of power that it shows him have in the books, like, yeah, he kind of let Luke win. <laughs> like, ah, he knew he was, man, he knew. That was part it's of your, the It's your plan. son. What are you going to do? Yeah, no, he, he was feeling for him the whole time. I know he was. You could. I always picked up on that. I was like, he, yeah. by Return of the Jedi, he, you can tell he's like, he's already conflicted at the beginning of the movie. That's why he comes down to Endor and talks to him. I could go on all day about Luke and <laughs> Vader. I can't do it. I can't do it. Well... Do you have anything to plug, Bill? You got well, anything to, I mean, you just uh, you guys have done a great job of mentioning Comics Exchange several times, and I really appreciate <laughs> it. You know, 3711 Chapman Highway, we're open seven days a week. Um, other than that, I, I can't really think of anything I want to plug. Just uh, thank you guys for having me, and it's been, uh, it's been a joy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's been a great time. Glad that we could have the proprietor of Comics Exchange. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, well, this shit's never going away. My you next business that, right? card, you know, that's going to be 24 uh Point font, right <laughs> proprietor. I'm not even gonna put my name on there. It's just gonna say one word like Madonna. Listeners, <laughs> if you uh, if you do when you do uh, go uh, patronage comics exchange, be sure to make sure that you call Bill the proprietor so he knows that Geek sent you. <laughs> nice proprietor. <laughs> That's your superhero name. <laughs> Extra ten percent off. Use the word proprietor. <laughs> Except for you, Mike. Sorry. Oh well. <laughs> I'll see you this Wednesday. Uh, see you then. <laughs> Speaking of shilling, I got some products to talk about. Uh, a few things that we got. Uh, that our sponsors, Otherworldly yeah, sponsor. Coffee. Uh, it'll put hair on your chest and your balls. Yep. It's fantastic. Uh, it's got a lot of caffeine. Is that this their thing. actual slogan? Yeah. The, no, I'm not making it up. Uh, no, it, it's uh, the Mothman uh, blend is the one that I tried, and it's really strong, and I liked it a lot. Um, also, Joe shirt. Uh, pretty much, if you come up with it, they'll print it on something, a uh, business card. Uh, the other night, I think I thought of, maybe they'll print something on a Triscuit, and you could have <laughs> your own Triscuits. Or, you know, Glutinos, if you're like me and can't have all that gluten. Marketing genius. <laughs> they'll put stuff on pins, on magnets, whatever. They, uh, they've they been around for a long time in Knoxville creating stuff. And Lionsgate Films, of course. Let's not forget about that. Of course not. And uh, coming up up on Friday, March 13th, Outlander Network will be providing wrestling for the world. Uh, we've got some wrestling nerds out there. I know that a couple listen, and uh, that's going to be on Amazon Prime and CBS Affiliates, Rush Wrestling. Check it out. Well, guys, I think this has been a great episode. Bill, thank so you so much, much for coming yeah, Thanks in. for Absolutely. coming by, Bill. For real. I loved it. Uh, well, that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to Geeks and Hair to the Earth. Again, big thanks to Bill for chomping by. Check out our sponsors. I'm JC. I'm CK. I'm Mike D. And we are the Geeks. Bye. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever a spider can. Spins a web any size, catches seeds just like flies. Look out, here comes the Spider-Man.